Hello, my name is Carl Lloydhauser. I am the senior pastor of Grace Community Church, and I am so excited that you are with us on this podcast. We also want you to get connected in a church family. If you don't have a local church, check us out at gracemontrose.org. We want to make sure that you have an opportunity to grow and connect with God. But we pray that these next 25, 30 minutes that you spend with us are powerful, that God meets you and speaks to you because he loves you so much. So um, in my uh, devotions uh, yesterday, actually, I was in Jeremiah 12, and um, Jeremiah is uh, complaining to God. He's frustrated. He's, so they're coming after me. The people, my people in my hometown are coming after me. And God has this really interesting uh, response to him. He says, uh, Jeremiah, if you, can't, uh, if you can't keep up with the footmen, if that tires you out, how do you expect to run with the horses? And what he's telling Jeremiah, he says, yeah, I know it's tough. I know this is difficult, but actually it, it's going to get bigger as Babylon comes and, and things are going to get um, a little more hectic. And he says, if you can't handle this right now, how are you going to handle it when, when it's time to run with horses? And um, now, you know, we, we've been talking a lot. And one of the things I've been saying is I don't think the world's going to get like calmer, you know, and, and we're seeing that to be true. And uh, I don't say that to, to scare you. You don't have to be afraid. Um, but I do believe that God is saying, okay, we've been, we've been walking with the footmen and now it's time for us to run with the horses. And uh, this series that we're starting right now, Deep Clean, uh, God, I believe, put it on my heart uh, a number of months ago and uh, it was for this very purpose. It was uh, God wants us to move up to another level where we are ready for whatever comes and that we are unencumbered and ready to go forward in, in all that he has for us. And so we're going through this series, Deep Clean, we're saying, okay, let's get rid of those things that slow us down. And, and so we can run with the horses because listen, that's what God has for you. You're gonna be good. You're, you're gonna be kept. And he wants to give you the grace and the power and the ability to move forward through these times, to lead in these times, to even prosper in the middle of them. And it's time for us to run with the horses, okay? So I've got a little uh, video I wanted to show. You know, every pastor knows that America's Got Talent is the best place to go for sermon illustrations. So I've got an uh, America's Got Talent video for you. And um, this little girl is singing a song and Simon doesn't like the track that's behind the song. So he stops her and makes some adjustments here. So let's go ahead and watch that video, please. Ansley, Ansley, sorry babe. I don't think this backing track was working for you. I mean, it was a horrible, horrible backing track. Uh, so I don't think we can judge you properly on this. I really don't. We really like you, but that was terrible. If you're gonna sing Aretha, you've gotta have a great track. I'm just wondering whether we should just do a verse and a chorus, maybe a cappella. Um. Do you want some water? Uh, yeah. Hang on. Come here, come here. Ansley, I haven't had any of this. This will help. It's, it's like magic water, it's yours. Okay, let's do it. 
Go on, you can do this, Ansley. good you know there's just something about being unencumbered somebody doing what they're supposed to do you know someone being who they are and what they're meant to be that's just so beautiful and I want you to understand something you were created to be unencumbered you were created you're singing it freedom you were created to be free to just move in what God wants you to move in. And see, we're, we're in this deep, clean series right now because sin prevents you from doing what God wants you to do. It prevents you from being who he wants you to be. It just weighs you down in the middle of it. And if like this uh, little video, if it's the metaphor, you know, sin is that soundtrack that gets in the way and it just, it stops you, which would make Simon Jesus and that's where it all breaks down because he's <laughs> nothing like Jesus. But I was, to get ready for this uh, series, I, was, uh, I said, okay, I'm going to study sin. I want to be ready for this. And I'm gonna, I just want to see everything that the Bible has to say about sin. But I ran into a problem. There's 1,364 passages in the Bible on sin. So I didn't quite get it all done. And you would think that sin is the point of the Bible, but it's not. Sin is the problem. It's the foil it's the antagonist. It's the thing that we're fighting against. See, the point of the Bible is your relationship with God. It's your connection with him. It's your freedom. It's you being who you were meant to be. And sin is the thing that's in the way. And the whole Bible is about how can we get past that? How can we get through that? How do we get beyond it? Of course, the answer is through our Savior, Jesus Christ. And so in this series, this deep clean, I want to talk about sin, and I want to talk about the effects, and I want to talk about the draw, and I want to talk about how we get out of it. Because listen, sin wasn't the plan for you. When God created you, he didn't want a broken you. He didn't want all the devastation that comes with sin. I was telling the staff during our prayer time on Tuesday, I just was reminding them, I said, you know, one great triumph for the enemy would be to get you or me, for us to just get into sin, to be ensnared by sin. As God's moving in our midst, he's doing wonderful things. Listen, as God is doing wonderful things in your life, one, a great triumph for the enemy would be for you just to be ensnared and pulled down. You know why? Because it would interrupt your potential. It would interrupt what God wants to do. So I was getting ready for this. I, I ran into uh, some ideas, secular ideas. That sin, it's, they said sin's a social construct. And the people made it up so they could in, it, it's invented to control other people's behavior. And it's the exact opposite. 
is that, that sin, it's revealed in our lives because God wants to bring freedom and power and efficacy. He wants to get that stuff out of the way. He doesn't want to control you. He wants your freedom. Let's think about uh, just sexuality for just a minute and all the sin that's connected with that. And people are like, oh, those Christians are so uptight and well, they've got to stay out of my bedroom and you know, why are you trying to control me in that? But think for just a moment. If, if in this world that, that sin was just completely removed from sex, that there was no, there was no selfishness in it and, and there was no conquest and there was no manipulation and there was no shame and there was no abuse and there was no misuse. I mean, wouldn't it be beautiful? See, that's the thing, is, is God had a beautiful thing intended for us, and sin comes and corrupts it, makes it ugly and painful, shameful. And I guess the question I have for you, is that uptight? Is that controlling? It's freeing. That's why God wants our sin gone, is he wants you to be unencumbered. Imagine what your life would be without sin. God doesn't want you to be corrupted, and he doesn't want you to corrupt others. And we all have stories where both of those things have happened. I was thinking of two little stories. I think I've shared actually both of these before, but one, uh, when I was in seventh grade, there were uh, these two uh, eighth grade guys that I admired and I wanted to be with. And uh, we were all hanging out over at one of the the guys' house and we're outside and uh, one of them yells, let's ditch Carl. And boom, they take off. And I'm like, guys, guys, come back. And running after them. And they jump jump a fence. And then I jump a fence and it's a chain link fence and there's little wires up at the top and the wires caught my pants right here. And I was hanging there as they were, it was ripping my pants and I was hanging by my pants. How pathetic as my friends were ditching me. Now don't feel too sad for me because I've dished it out. I remember just a few years before that, I think I've told you this story before that I was just sitting there, we were about to go out to recess and I I just had this wicked thought in my head of, I wonder uh, what it would look like to trip Billy. So Billy comes running by, heading out to recess, and I went like that, and guess what happened? Boom! Face plant the pavement. Now, listen, I've got a lot worse stories than those two. I mean, a lot worse stories than that. But you weren't meant to be corrupted by sin. Those of you who've been hurt, corrupted, attacked, abused, that was not God's intention in God's plan. And you were not meant to be a corrupter Those of you who have hurt others through your sin, that was not God's plan. That was not God's idea for you. So I wanna, if you open your Bible, open it up to 1 John chapter one, verse five, a famous sin passage. And the apostle tells us, this is the message we have, we have heard from him and declare to you, God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. Do you understand that God has no sin? has nothing to do with sin. And if we claim to have fellowship with him, yet we walk in the darkness, we lie and we do not live by the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. That's an important point. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. And if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word has no place in our lives. See, whether we walk in light or whether we walk in darkness has a huge impact on our fellowship with other people. Did you see that? And it also has a huge impact on our fellowship with God. 
But I want you to understand this. This is so important that you get this. It has no impact. If you are in Jesus, if you're a follower of Jesus, your sin has no impact on your standing before God. And it has no impact on your connection with God. Listen, sin does not affect our proximity with God. It affects our perception. It decimates our perception. See, you can't say, you cannot be theologically correct, you cannot be talking in accordance with scripture. If you are in Jesus, you cannot say, well, God is mad at me right now. That doesn't make sense if you understand the word and what Jesus has done. And you can't say, and many of us say, well, God's kind of far away from me. God's taking a break from me right now. That's actually, that's not true. Let me show you. Go, Go over to Romans. Romans 5. Well, there it is. Romans 5 verse 9 tells us, since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? Do you understand that Jesus took the wrath? That actually he took all of the wrath and he took all of the anger and that was on him now and he removed that from us? For if when we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more having been reconciled shall we be saved through his life? Not only is this so, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. So not only did Jesus take God's wrath, but he brought us, he reconciled us to God. And we are with God now. We have received God's reconciliation through Jesus. So if you are in Jesus and you say, God's far away from me. God has left me. God has mad at me. What you are saying is Jesus failed. It just, God took most of the wrath, but not enough, not mine. God, God, God brought most of us closely, but just not me, because my sin's a little bigger than what Jesus did. And so you have to understand that, see, we carry sin with us right now. We think it's the big ones that move us apart, but it only takes one. It only takes one attitude. It only takes just one brokenness in us to say, you are not complete in God. There is no darkness in him at all. And see, James says, if you break one command, you've broken all the law. So here we are. We, we think, well, that's a big one. And God says, all of them are big ones. And here we, you see, you are walking with sin. I mean, in, without Jesus, that's what we are, is sinful. So it's ridiculous to think, well, God's mad at me. God's far away from me because of this thing I did. Because Jesus has taken care of all of it. One sin is all it would take to push him away forever. So God is always with you. His wrath is always removed as long as you are in Christ. But the problem with sin is how we see ourselves and how we see others and how we see God. And that's why it hurts our relationship. It confuses everything. It blurs our vision. I mean, sin always brings destruction and it brings death. It's rebellion. Anybody here besides me have a rebellious streak growing up? right? Okay, now in the middle of that, what happened to your relationship with your parents? You know, we're like, oh, my parents are so right. There's, let's, hey guys, let's do a puzzle tonight, right? No, it's like, they, they don't understand me. My parents are idiots. 
And we build this whole lie around our lives, you know, this whole narrative that we give ourselves to justify the rebellion that we're in. That's where the separation comes, is what we do in our hearts and our minds when we're in the middle of it. So we must be done with our sin. And the first reason that we have to be done, the first reason that we have to turn from it is one is because you need to be unencumbered. If the sun sets you free, you are free indeed. And you need clarity and you need power and you need to be a witness and you need to be ready. You know, in the Lord of the Rings, um, that elf uh, Legolas, and I love how that guy fights. You know, he's like standing on a horse like this and catching arrows and just doing all these amazing things, jumping from here to there. You guys are the Legolases of the kingdom of God. I mean, you were meant to be nimble and to move and to be able just to do whatever God wants you to do. But unfortunately, we walk around like the Gimli's, the dwarf, just like, oh, laden with our sin, trying to move around, so burdened by these things that we're carrying. And God wants to pull that off and say, get up there. You're supposed to run with the horses. You're supposed to be moving in power, not burdened down by this stuff. That's not what he has for you. So you need to be unencumbered. The second thing, the reason we have to be done with the sin is just a way for us to express our love for God. Jesus says, if you love me, you will obey my commands. Put it down because we love him so much. Romans 6, verse 1 says, what shall we say then? Should we go on sinning so that grace may increase? I mean, that's such a good question because it's all covered, right? The past ones, the present ones, the future ones. So let's enjoy ourselves. Should that be what we do? No, by no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live it any longer? Oh God, let me never cheapen what you've done for me on the cross. Oh, I mean, that alone, I just love you so much, Jesus. I love you so much. I just want to show you. If for no other reason to obey you and to be done with sin is that you want me to. And here's the third reason you need to be done. We need to be done. It's to be a blessing to other people. See, God brings us freedom and we minister freedom. And have you ever tried to help someone when you're caught in the very same thing? You know, all all you can do is like say, yeah, well, we're all stuck. It's really hard. Good luck. Isn't it so much better to be able to come and say, you know what? I was there. I was trapped. I repented. Jesus changed my life. Let me tell you, you can be free. I've seen it. I've seen it happen. And let me tell you how you can be free. God has life for you. We need to be done with our sin. So how do we do it? Well, the first thing is we be incredibly honest. You know, there's a beautiful psalm where where David says, search me, O Lord. Show me if there's any way that's in me that, that offends you. And we see here in this passage, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves. Let's be honest. Listen, you got two choices. You're either going to get honest with your sin or you're going to get cozy with it. You're going to get comfortable with it. And you're going to rationalize it. You're going to say, well, I am the exception and I can do this because of this. You're going to overlook it. You're going to live it. Your your conscience is going to be seared. You're going to start to not even pay attention to it anymore. And you will reap destruction in your life and you will reap destruction in the lives of other people because of it. If there is a sin that has been revealed to you by the Holy Spirit, deal with it. Even if it was years ago. Listen, if he brings it to mind, okay, Let's be honest. Let's talk about what's going on here. If it's revealed, it's a problem. 
You know, and, and there's, a, there's some of us, and, and like even I've had this thought of like, well, you know, I'm kind of just moving up to the next level, getting rid of those old ones. The truth is, is I've learned how to contain some of the things that were on the outward, but I hate as I get closer to Jesus, I just find, wow, those things are still in there and I'm finding new darkness. So it's born sinful. And God comes, he says, it's time to change that one. And he's so kind and he's so gentle and he's so loving because he doesn't throw it out. Listen, no one should be leaving this place feeling shameful or guilty today. You should be full of hope, joy for the future. Because what he does is he brings this one. He's like, okay, it's time to deal with this one. Let, let, let's just pull that layer back. Will you face this one? Will you confess it? Oh, good. And here's the freedom that comes from it. He says, okay, now you did that one. I, I've got another one. I've got something else to show you here. Like, whoa. How far are we going to have to go here, Jesus? As far as it takes, right? The most dangerous sins, they, they aren't the big mistakes. They're the little attitudes. They're the little beliefs, things like, well, I'm better than someone else. Or it's all about me. I mean, and then it comes out in the way that we treat others and it comes out in the things that we do and, and we see these vicious things come out of our hearts because we get this idea, well, I'm the exception. You know, that rule applies to most people, but not to me. Or an attitude of entitlement, like, you know, I have to have this, I need this, I deserve this. Oh, so much evil comes out of I deserve this. Or shame. God never meant for you to live in shame. We go into the cycle of like, ah, oh, I'm so ashamed. And then it's like, oh, I can't do that. And then I find myself in it again. And just we spiral down and down and down. Listen, do you want life? Do you want freedom? Do you want power? Do you want peace tomorrow? Then be brutally honest with your sin today. And I know that it's, it's intimidating and it's difficult, and you're like, oh, I'm not so sure. But listen, if you will do that, you will thank yourself tomorrow. Ask God, show me my sin, Lord. And then when it's revealed, confess it, be honest with it. Don't get cozy and comfortable with it. Which brings us to the second thing. Be honest, second, confess. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You know, people say right now, sorry, not sorry, that's not a confession. This is, what's, this is what confession looks like. I'm sorry. Can you help me understand how that affected you? It's a scary thing to find out. I'm sorry. How can I learn from what I did? I'm sorry. How can I make sure I never do that again? But here's the beautiful, powerful thing. If we confess our sins, we are forgiven that means there's no punishment. That means there's no penalty. Listen, the cross is enough. The sacrifice is all it takes. And then it says, and we are purified. I love that. Do you know what that means? That means that's not you anymore. No matter how many times you have done that sin, that is not you. That is not your identity. You are purified. You are innocent. You are clean because Jesus did it for you. You are unencumbered as you bring it to him. What a beautiful, beautiful thing. And then the final thing that we do is we repent. And repent simply means just to turn the other way. I was doing it this way, now I'm gonna do it this way. I'm gonna walk in purity, I'm gonna walk in freedom, I'm gonna walk in life. But here's just a little hack in the, in the middle of that. You know, as we are trying to repent and walk out, walk out of something, usually what we do is we focus on not doing that thing. Right? You ever try to like give up sweets or caffeine or smoking or something like that? 
You're like, I can't have coffee. I can't have coffee. I can't have coffee. I can't have coffee. What happens by nine o'clock? You're a loony bean and you've got like a triple shot, extra large, like, oh, I know I can't have coffee, but I need it right now, right? So what do you do? You look to the, to the replacement. You look to the good that God has. I mean, loneliness, for example, there's so much sin that comes out of loneliness. So, because listen, we're meant to be connected. And when we don't have that connection, there's all sorts of artificial, broken things that we can go to instead. And what we do there instead is we look to the one that can fulfill our needs. We look to the one that we're meant to have relationship with. And we, instead of saying, oh, well, I can't look at that, we say, no, no, I'm gonna put my eyes on Jesus. I'm gonna chase after him. I'm gonna let him fulfill this loneliness that I have in my heart. See, the thing about repentance is it's a trade. What you're doing is you're taking your old, busted, not working, corrupted, whatever, you hand it to Jesus, he takes it to the cross, and then he gives you his life. He gives you his way. He gives you the way that it was meant to be in the very first place. And listen, Jesus wants to make a trade with you. Will you take the old, broken, corrupted, death-giving ways? Will you hand that over to me so I can put it at the cross so I can give you the new and the life-giving and the freedom the way I want you to go? In closing here, I wanted to show you a a video of a number of, I think, very brave people at our church. And, And they talk about repentance and they talk about this trade and they talk about what they brought to God and what he gave them instead. Let's take a look at that, please. I was caught. I was caught. I was caught. I was caught. I was caught in a desire to control my life and make it perfect. I was caught in an addiction to pornography. I was caught in self-doubt. I was caught in resentment and pride. I was caught in idolizing money. I was caught in pornography. I was caught in self-reliance. I was caught in bitterness. I was caught in a place where only winning and losing mattered in sports and people didn't matter at all. I was caught in being egocentric as well as abusing drugs. It brought out an attitude of power and control and disregard for another human being. It brought isolation, loneliness, depression, and broken relationships. It brought feelings of anxiety, feelings of never being good enough, and fear of failure. It brought me to the point where I had to quit playing sports and coaching and doing anything related to athletics. It brought out an attitude of selfishness, power, and judgment to meet my own needs. It brought feelings of shame, disgust, little self-worth, and feeling unclean. It brought discord in my marriage and in my spiritual life. It brought shame when I failed to live up to my own expectations and more sin when I tried to cover it up. Through repentance, Jesus traded that for grace and freedom from condemnation. Through repentance, Jesus traded that for truth and the freedom to be broken without shame or guilt and to be loved just for who I am. Through the repentance of Jesus, traded that for a desperate desire to serve others and share my testimony and transformation so they may desire to have a meaningful relationship with Him. Through repentance, Jesus humbled me and has shown me how to love myself and more importantly, how to love my neighbors. Through repentance, Jesus traded that for the knowledge that I'm loved and that I'm here for a purpose. Through repentance, Jesus traded that for freedom, respect, and self-worth. Through repentance, Jesus traded that with a desire to love and forgive others. 
Through repentance, Jesus traded that for a restored trust, intimacy, and desire in my marriage, and a deeper, more confident relationship with God. And through my progressive repentance, Jesus traded my self-relying, prideful heart for the realization and truth that Jesus is all I need. And isn't that good? Isn't that good? Praise God. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. And I love that they do that because there's no shame there. There's no condemnation in Christ. What that is, is see, that, that shows that they've actually been freed, that they can talk about where they were. It's a beautiful thing because where they were is where many of us are. And we all hold these things in our hearts and God says, no, I want to make a trade with you. And so listen, Jesus wants to make a trade with you right now. And I don't know what it is that you're carrying, but I know that there's more freedom for you. And the same question is like, will you give it to me? Will you repent? Will you turn so I can bring life? Will you let go of this thing that brings death and corruption, brokenness, pain? And we just take a hold of the life that I have for you, the power that I have for you? So I'm gonna right now, and if you wanna join me in this, I'm just gonna ask the Holy Spirit right now to show every single one of us just one thing. That's all, he just wants to do one at a time. He's not here to crush you, he's here to free you. I'm gonna ask the Holy Spirit, if you'll join me in this, just in prayer right now, I'm gonna ask him to reveal one thing. Okay, so let's do that. So, so Holy Spirit, thank you that you counsel us, that you guide us. Thank you that you are patient with us and you're kind. Thank you that you don't bring guilt, but you bring conviction. So now, Holy Spirit, I pray for every single one of us here, every single one of us, that you would bring to mind one thing, one thing that you want us to confess, one thing that you want us to turn from, one thing that encumbers us right now. Holy Spirit, will you show us one sin that you want to trade? Speak to each of us, Lord, please. Now, if God brought something to mind, I just want to ask you to confess it right now. Just tell God, just quietly before him. You could do it in your heart. Confess that sin to him. If he didn't bring something to mind, he will. It'll come, maybe during the week. Just confess it to him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. More, Lord. Lord, I just pray that you would minister freedom. I see people wiping their eyes, Lord. More, just more, Lord. Minister freedom in life. God, I thank you that every single one of these sins, every single one of them, no matter how many times they've done it, Lord, every single one of them has been cleansed. Every person in this room who has confessed is forgiven. Every single one of them, every single one of us is purified, Jesus, by your blood. I thank you that your blood is enough for these sins. Now, Lord, I just ask that your Holy Spirit would show us what is our first step of repentance? Lord, how do we walk the other way now? What's the path? And for some of us, it's a path. It's gonna take a while to move into repentance. Some of us, it's just, it's already done. So Holy Spirit, will you show us the path to repentance? And now, God, I ask for courage and I ask for faith and I ask for grace to walk in this path of repentance. Lord, help us just to keep moving, to keep trusting. And I thank you, Lord, that this is gonna be part of our testimony. 
And Lord, I just pray that you remove all shame. We just rebuke shame in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you that you have already removed the guilt. And I thank you, Lord, that what we're thinking on right now, these things are part of our testimony. These things are part of our freedom. And finally, the last thing, Holy Spirit, that I want to ask is would you reveal to every single one of us what you want to give us instead? What trade do you want to make, Lord? Just bring it to our mind. God's telling some of you right now, just joy. Just want you to have joy instead of that. Want you to have connection with your family instead of what you had before. Show us what you have. Thank you, Lord. And now, God, I pray that you would help us to embrace that, to pursue that, to receive that, Lord. And I thank you, God, that the cross was enough. And I thank you, God, that we are free. And Lord, what you have for us is more freedom and more freedom that we can be unencumbered. God, that we can be nimble, that we can just be the people that you've asked us to be, the people that you've had in mind from the very beginning. So Lord, minister more and more freedom, more and more life, and less and less shame, less and less destruction, Father. God, you're so good. Your ways are so right. Help us to walk in your way and your truth. Thank you for paying the price, God, so that we could be clean. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for being with us. I hope that God spoke to you. We would love to follow up and care for you any way that we can. So come visit us at gracemontrose.org. Say hello. Let us know what we can do to help you grow in him. God bless you.